No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. so much for joining us. Tuesday, I'm feeling good about this. Who knows where we might end up tonight? Who knows? Thank you for joining us. I'll see you in hell. An absolute pleasure to be with you once again. I am Boogie Bump, your host, hopefully for the next couple of hours or so. We'll see how we go. Thank you for joining us and welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. As always, tonight's recommended drink, cheat box wine, tonight's recommended snack, Bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast at 6 p.m. on the interwebs. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like to share the show out, then please hit that crooked arrow or whatever platform you're watching on. Share it out. If you don't want to share it out, that's okay. I understand. I don't blame you. I wouldn't either. I don't share it out. I wouldn't want people to know that I'm associated with this horrible program. So I understand completely where you're coming from. I'm not judgmental in any way, shape, or form. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, a full-time supporter, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper, become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to complain about something, anything, everybody's got something to complain about, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. So much to get through, ladies and gentlemen, in so little time. A couple of people got in touch with me over yesterday's show. They really enjoyed it, but it was a heavy one. If you didn't watch it, go back and watch it. Um, I, I forget what it was called now. I forget the title of yesterday's show. Um, shit. I don't know. Just look for look for the one before this one. And if you can't remember what this one's called, then look for the one after the one before this one, if that makes sense. No, look for the one before the one before this one, and it'll be the one after that, but not the one after this one, because this one will be the last one. Just look for the second last one. It'll be fine. Thank you for joining us. So much to get through. So little time. So yesterday's show was a little bit heavy. I want to I wanna try and just bring it down a little bit. I want to try and relax it just a touch. Bring everybody back. Bring you back to the bosom. The warm embrace of the Daily Boogie program, ladies and gentlemen. Get back into our usual trend here, our usual style, our usual tempo, which is probably too boring for some. But that's what I'd like to do. Unfortunately, the first item I have for you today is very important. It could be the most important thing that we've ever covered here on this program. It's not coronavirus related. It's not big tech related. It's not AI related. It's not even related to the damn sex robots. It's something that goes beyond that. And it's a, it's something that courses through all of us. And there's a constant hum around societies in the West of this topic at all times. It's been brought to light over the last couple of days in particular in regards to people who have been jogging and getting shot and whatnot. Jogging, stealing, whatever. It's very similar. 
of course, I'm talking about racism. Now, as you know, on this program, we are the people's program. And if some of my brothers and sisters are feeling aggrieved, are feeling oppressed, well, I think that it's important for us to hear those grievances. To hear those discussions. They they may make us uncomfortable here on the Wine and Crackers broadcast. But you know what? Sometimes we have to feel uncomfortable. Sometimes it's on us to put ourselves in a position of discomfort so we can best ascertain the way forward so we can live as one in harmony, arm in arm with people all over the world. So a very troubling development has been brought to me, a very troubling thing happening right now. And you're probably, this is the thing, you're probably doing this right now and you don't even realise it. No, not the wine with crackers broadcast. It's the wine and crackers. Oh, I see what you did there, Dr. Sex. Yeah, okay, we can do that tonight. That's fine. So our first item tonight on the agenda, ladies and gentlemen, it's very serious. If you'd like to bring the kids in, maybe they can learn a thing or two because we like to educate here on this show. We like to arm you with the appropriate weapons to tear down hatred, tear down vitriol. We love love here and we hate hate. We hate hate and we love love. So consider this program your safe space for this evening to air your grievances, to air your concerns, to let the world know how you feel. Because this first item I'm about to show you here is shocking. Capital S, shocking. And then we'll get into some usual stuff, coronavirus, government being a piece of shit. (laughs) Thank you for the diamond, Christy Christy. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, JJ Stoner. Enjoy JJ Stoner's program again today. If you're not following, you should follow dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. It is, it's building up. Let's get into it, shall we? You're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast on a Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the voice of a generation. This is Auntie Unfiltered. Now, if you haven't heard of Auntie Unfiltered, you're probably a white supremacist. But that's okay. It's never too late to relearn. It's never too late to be re-educated. This is Auntie Unfiltered. She is the voice of a people. She is the voice of a generation. She is the voice of a community. She is a thought leader. Not a thought leader. A thought leader. It's a very important distinction to make. And she's here. She's giving her time. She's giving her soul on the internet to educate us, the Wine and Crackers broadcast, the Wine and Crackers audience, about all of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis that we don't realise are contributing to making somebody else's life a living hell. So we've talked about government overreach. We've talked about the removal of civil liberties from innocent people. We've talked about overspending. We've talked about crime. We've talked about ideological warfare. We've talked about all of these things that you may think are important. But what I'm about to show you, I guarantee you, we have never spoken about on this show. And it is probably the most important thing that we have ever to speak about on this show. So buckle up, listen up eyes forward and prepare to be educated, prepare to be bombarded with the truth. 
Hey, nieces and nephews, it's your favorite aunt. Oh, well, that isn't that a letdown. See Monique Judge, and this is Auntie Unfiltered. Auntie Unfiltered, let's go. Okay, I'm ready Today to Today on Auntie Unfiltered, we are going to take a request from my inbox. Now, this lady sent in an email because she is a little bit frustrated with some of her friends. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read you that email right now. Good. She wrote, Auntie, please tell white people they do not have to be brown to... Using the uh, the high-pitched chipmunk voice shows that it's very serious. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. But when you use the high-pitched chipmunk voice when you're doing a rereading of something that somebody has written on social media or somebody has sent you in an email, that is a very, very, very sophisticated way, a very educated, very academic way of conveying to the audience the urgency of the matter at hand. I don't know if you know this or not, but if I did the whole broadcast, besides straining my vocal cords beyond repair. Thank you for the diamond winning TV. Follow winning TV on DLive, by the way. DLive.tv slash winning TV. Saturday, 8 p.m. until God knows when. So if I did the whole broadcast with this voice, I would definitely strain my vocal cords. But at the end of the broadcast, everybody would be entirely clear that it would be very, very, very serious matters that we are discussing. No, I'm not using a voice modulator for that. <laughs> Before somebody comes in and accuses me. Before somebody accuses me of doing it. Excuse me, sir, do you notice my head expanding? So if I did the whole show in that voice, you would be, you would have, you would have no... Uh, misconception whatsoever, you would know that it's real. You would know that we're doing a serious issue here. So let's carry on. Show solidarity. Nothing bothers me more than whitey affecting brown emojis. Okay. Are we following along at home? Ring the bell and, and get, get your, your cheese, cheese man. man. Thank you for the sub, Christy Christy. Please tell white people they do not have to be brown to show solidarity. I'm just going to read it because it's very annoying. The, the fucking voiceover is practically inaudible. Nothing, bother, nothing bothers me more than whitey affecting brown emojis. What the fuck? Can we please stop trying to take over? Sounds serious. Can we please stop moving in and overtaking and giving the official imprimatur and thinking that that is the fix? It's the whole problem, exclamation mark. Stop occupying POC's space. Stop doing it, guys. Are you listening? Stop occupying the space of people of colour. That could be a living room. It could be a, a car spot. Wherever that space has been claimed by a person of colour, do us all a favour and get your cracker ass out of there immediately. Segregation is bad, except when we say so. Okay? Stop it. Get in your lane and stay in your lane. Double exclamation mark. She's serious, guys. It's not divisive. It's respectful. <laughs> it's respectful. See, the I love that. Because because now uh, it would be, I, get, I, I assume, I, I know I'm wrong to apply logic to these things, but I can't help it. I've got to be me, right? Um, 
does that mean now that somebody can say, uh, I don't want to be around black people <laughs> because I'm too respectful? Listen again. Get in your lane and stay there. It's not divisive. It's respectful. Stop occupying POC space. Okay. Okay. So what if then somebody says, I only want to live in a community with other white people and no black people because I respect the black people too much to live with them, to live around them, to interact with them. I guess we would have no problem with that, right? It's respectful. It's not divisive. It's respectful. <laughs> it re I, re I really feel for like kids being educated in this environment because it must be beyond ridiculous. It must be very confusing. Wait, so we're supposed to respect the space of people who have a different skin color. Okay, got you. We're supposed to get and stay in our own lane. We're not supposed to interact. That's being respectful. But if you actually say that as a white person, that's disrespectful, right? <laughs> it's very difficult to keep up. So I'm doing my best. Remember, this is about education. It's the way you show equality, not gag tolerance. I want to say these things to well-meaning friends of mine who genuinely care but are too daft to understand that using brown and black emojis when you're not brown or black is insulting and shows nothing but your own ignorance! Exclamation point. Yes. Yes. This is the issue of the day. White people using black and brown emojis. I bet you didn't even know it was a problem. I bet that you've just been wandering about, getting into interactions and social media, getting into interactions via text message, text messaging people, and you've been putting little emojis in there of little brown hands and little brown fingers, and little brown people. You didn't even know that you are practically the modern-day equivalent of a slave driver. You had no fucking idea, did you? Look, Follow Q's doing it right now. He's doing it right now. This is oppression in 2020. This is an important issue. Stop doing it. Stop. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but the black and brown emoji on your phone is actually occupied space. You are invading the space of a person of color when you use those emojis. I think that I think there's an easy fix for this. Since we are now getting into the realm of uh, legalizing government tracking of our data, uh, tracking our locations via our phones, getting involved, like getting right into our all of our personal space, how about this? When you sign a new phone contract, you should put your ethnicity down and then uh, Apple or Samsung or whoever the phone provider is, they can then match the emojis to your race. So that way we make it impossible for people to occupy the space of people of other races, right? Let's take the option away from these modern day Nazis. Let's take that option away from these disgusting white supremacists who think that they're showing solidarity when they use black and brown emojis, but in reality, they're oppressing people. They mean well, but they do only harm.
the, the email continues. You're suddenly down with these people because you click two emojis over? No, you have no idea. You will never and frankly aren't probably too welcome in that club. So stop. Stop. Put your clicker and move the fuck over. Thank you. And it's signed by, quote, a very white, white girl. A very white, white girl wrote this, of course. Which, which leads me to raise a point that I've been, I've been saying for fucking years. And a lot of people um, push back on me when I bring this up. I've been saying this long before I even started podcasting, right? When you see those stories of, say, local councils taking down Christmas decorations because they don't want to offend Muslims, or uh, some school stopping some some school stopping like a Mexican themed party because they don't want to offend Mexicans, or separate reloaded. Severy Loader, thank you for the diamond. He says, what if I'm white but identify as a yellow guy? Well, see, now I think I think, I think, think the way this works is you're supposed to get in your lane and stay there. You're not allowed. <coughs> you're not allowed to identify as other things anymore. I think we've I, now we've ruled that out, you see. Thanks to the emoji. We've come a long way. <laughs> So think of the local council taking down Christmas decorations because they don't want to offend Muslims. Think of the local school stopping a Mexican-themed party because they say they don't want to offend Mexicans. Think of, uh, you know, other, other, other events, other things. Just think of whatever cultural event it is and they don't want to offend, you know, the Puerto Ricans or the black people or whatever it is. I've been saying for years because what will happen is, and this is, I'm sorry, but this is generally true in my interactions, People on the conservative side of the ledger will instantly blame the, the demographic that that body is seeking to appease, right? So if a local council takes down Christmas decorations and says, we don't want to offend Muslims, more often than not, the conservatives that I know and that I mix with will say, oh, those fucking Muslims, stop getting offended. This is our country. This is a Christian country. That's, that is entirely false. That's wrong most of the time, like upwards of 95% of the time. It's more often than not a do-gooder, white guilt piece of shit that's doing it. And more often than not, they've had no complaints. They've had no inquiries. They probably haven't even met a brown person or a Muslim or a Mexican or a Puerto Rican or an Asian. They haven't met them. They don't mix with them. But they're doing it out of a sense of white guilt and the programming that they've got from university that says that they need to go out of their way to stop people getting offended. I grew up in a very, very high immigrant area of Sydney. The majority of the people I knew growing up were not white, right? They were Middle Eastern, uh, Asian, Indian, Pakistani, right? All across the board. I... (laughs) And mixing with like all of these people and all of these families, I never had that experience of like one of my Muslim friends growing up saying, I'm really offended by Christmas. I wish your government would stop. I wish the local government would stop doing the Christmas display. No. In high school, for example, it would be one of the old, I'm sorry to say this, one of the, you know, the hippie 60s retread women, white women. Well, we need to be inclusive of everybody. We don't want to have anybody be offended. We don't want to leave anybody out. 
<clears throat> and he like he's another example of that same shit. It's usually a white guilt feeling um, piece of white shit. Uh, educated white trash who is so has no confidence whatsoever in their own being and their own identity. They make their identity about others' identity, right? I'm such a good, my identity is all about you. I'm about promoting you. I'm about making you feel better because my identity is awful and I hate it. So I'm going to celebrate yours instead. It's never the Muslim groups that are like, let's cancel Christmas. It's never the Mexican groups that are like, let's cancel uh, Mexican-themed fucking sombrero parties. It's always like the white boomer woman who works at the university. It's always like the white guilt-feeling um, 65-year-old man who is on the board of the local council. Compelled projected guilt, Ben K. Veritas in the chat. And here you have another example of it. <laughs> A very, very white girl is very distressed that white people use emojis that aren't white. So let's see what uh, Auntie Unfiltered has to say about all this. Let's see if she let's see if she does the reasonable thing and bats this back. Let's see if she says, look, it's just a fucking emoji on the phone. Let's not go crazy here. <laughs> Semper reloaded in the chat. What if I'm a white stormtrooper and an avid runner? Uh, you wouldn't be a white stormtrooper, though. We've all seen the new Star Wars movies. So, unfortunately, that's another misnomer. That's another myth. That's another bubble we need to pop. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond. Thank you for joining us. So, let's see if Artie Unfiltered bats this back, or let's see if she indulges this white guilt a little more. Well, very white, white girl. I'm glad you brought this to my attention. Yes. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Okay. I get annoyed when I see white people using black and brown emojis, too. <laughs> Annoyed. It annoys me when I see white people using black and brown emojis. I get annoyed by that. <laughs> Are we at peak oppression now? Is this is this as far as it can go? Like we are talking about teeny tiny little cartoon representations on a phone keyboard here. Is this the new racial battle that's on the horizon? Is this the new line in the sand? Is this the new thing? Is this going to spur you know, protest rallies? <laughs> it's very annoying to her. She, she rather dislikes white people using brown emojis. And in my opinion, it is the most egregious form of digital blackface, and I'm going to explain to you why. <laughs> Yes! Huh. Huh. <laughs> Don't you love it? <laughs> I'm going to put this link in the chat so you can check out this video yourself. We're going to keep watching here because we need to, there's more to learn. This, <laughs> no, Kimmy in the chat's like, digital blackface? No, not just digital blackface the most egregious form of digital blackface. 
I don't know if you're aware of this or not. You're probably not aware of this because you must be. If you're not aware of this, you're obviously a white nationalist and a Nazi and a white supremacist. So let me educate you. <laughs> let me inform you. Digital blackface takes on many forms. <laughs> Some are more serious than others. <laughs> and when white people use the black or brown emojis on their phone, on their iPhone or what have you, that represents the most egregious form of digital blackface. Like it doesn't get any worse than that. I love and I love the use of that word egregious. Like like this could start a blood feud, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, where hey, where's uh Where's uh, Jimmy? We, I, I haven't seen Jimmy around for ages. You guys grew up together, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joey and G with the diamond. Thank you for joining us. Says the show just upgraded to wine and smelly cheese. Where's Jimmy? Uh, you guys were best friends growing up. I haven't seen him around for a while. I, I mean, do you still talk to him? No, no, we haven't talked for like 10 years. Really? What did he move away? No, no. I I think he's still in town. I don't. I don't. I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it. What? Why? What happened? What's the matter? I I don't know. It's just you think you know someone, right? Well, tell me. Tell me what happened with Jimmy. You guys were inseparable growing up. You were the best of friends. I need. I need to know what's going on here. Why aren't you talking to Jimmy anymore? Well, I mean, it's very difficult for me very difficult to talk about these things. You can tell me, babe. You can tell me anything. Okay. okay. Well, if you must know, uh, I was, you know, Jimmy and I had plans to go see a movie, a comedy. It was an Adam Sandler movie. I didn't even, I didn't even end up seeing it. To this day, I can't watch Adam Sandler anymore because I just remember this night. And we had plans to meet at the theatre, you know, the little theatre around the corner. With the, with the great popcorn that's always really hot when you get, oh, yeah, I love that place. Me too. I can't go back there anymore. So we we were waiting uh, for Jimmy to get in touch, and he sent me a message, and it said, um, hey, babe, I'll be there at 8 o'clock. Okay, well, what's the problem with that? Well, he put a little brown okay sign after his message. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, he did. I, I never thought Jimmy was like that. Well, neither did I. Neither did I. I thought he knew. I thought he understood how important this was. And you know, I'm sitting there on my couch, and I'm like, "Can I really be friends with somebody who's white who uses brown finger emojis? Can I really do that? Can I really be like invested in this person emotionally?" So I had to cut him loose. And you know what? Like, that maybe that's the way we need to deal with these people. Well, I'm, I'm terribly sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, so am I. I thought we were friends, but turns out he's been a white supremacist all along. I just didn't even realize it. But that was enough for me. You know, white people using brown emojis is really the most egregious form of digital blackface. I know. That's, why, that's what I tried to tell him. He wouldn't listen. He said I was being crazy. He said I'm making too much out of it. He said it's just a cartoon. What's wrong with you? 
I couldn't believe what I was reading. I had to, I had to let him go. I had to cut him loose. Ah, oh, heart wrenching. It's, it's all of these potential, you know, relationships, people bring being together, being torn apart by this stuff. Semperi loaded with the diamond says, "Is that if there's no fat slob emoji, then she offends me." <laughs> That's not very nice. Come on. She's a she's she's a Nubian princess. What are you talking about? She's an Amazon. Now, everything in the world is white. White is the default. Everything in the world is white. <laughs> except for this video. Except for this channel. That aside, everything else is white. Except for Africa. Except for Asia. Actually, except for most of the world. Most of the world is not white, by the way. <laughs> In fact, overwhelmingly so. I think something like less than 10% of the world's population is white. Something like that. I think it's around like 9%. So like 90%, 91% or whatever of the world is not white. But see, that doesn't matter. Because this is really the most egregious form of digital blackface available. And it needs to be stamped out. Who knows what kind of white supremacist, murderous, genocidal maniacs are being trained to treat people of colour like lesser human beings, all thanks to the fact that they use black and brown emojis on their iPhone. This really is egregious. When we were little kids, we used to get dolls. And, and I want you to know, your auntie is a lady of a certain age, okay? So, you know, when we got Barbies when we were little, mm -hmm. Barbie was white. If you managed to get Christy, <laughs> which was the black Barbie, you were really doing something. Really? Because Barbie was white. These are very serious problems. <laughs> Jigs in the chat. <laughs> YouTube is racist against my people. <laughs> All the baby dolls, Baby Alive, Cabbage Patch... All the dogs were white. Now, did they come out with black versions? Yes, they did. And we celebrated it. And you know why? Because you had no real ambitions. <laughs> Is that too cruel? Is that too harsh? You had no real goals in life? So when some multinational corporation who's probably using slave labor in Indochina to construct these little plastic pieces of shit that dumb people buy for 50 bucks a pop. When they decided to come out with a black one, you decided to celebrate it like you did it, like it was some win or something. I, I, I don't know. Maybe you had nothing else going on. Maybe the iPhone wasn't invented yet. So many questions. Why, why isn't the black Barbie doll plastic blackface? Right? Is a white is a white kid allowed to play with a black doll? Now, see, now we're getting into the now we're getting into the real important stuff of this conversation. So, if a white person isn't allowed to use black and brown emojis on their iPhone, is a white little a little white girl, uh, otherwise known as Hitler Junior, is little Hitler Junior is little uh, Hitlerita? Is she allowed to play with a black or brown Barbie doll, or is that 
another form of oppression. What, you think you own this baby? You think you own this person? <laughs> you know, I, it's, just, it's just the most egregious form of uh, slave representation that I've seen. Where, where, where did you see this? It was at the daycare. There was a whole bunch of little four- and five-year-old little girls, and they were all playing with black and brown uh, Cabbage Patch dolls. Really? Yeah. Should have seen the looks on these little white supremacist faces. It was, they were acting. When I took the doll away from little Sally, she screamed at me, I own that doll. That doll belongs to me. I had to punch her in the face for being such a fucking racist. She had it coming. And of course, she screamed and cried, and then the parents came down and they accused me of being a bad carer, which of course is another form of racism. What, because I'm black? They said, no, it was because you punched our baby in the face. And it's like, well, you know, punch a Nazi, bro. Maybe if you had have punched little Sally in the face more often at home, we wouldn't be in this situation now. Maybe when you saw little Sally pick up the black or brown Cabbage Patch doll, if you had have, you know, punched her in the face of that first occasion, that first time of it happening, I wouldn't have had to do it. But alas, I'm the victim here. I had to punch your child in the face. I had no option. I can't allow this to continue. So I guess no. If you're a white kid, white dolls. If you're a white iPhone owner, white emojis. Stay in your lane. Don't be oppressive. Because white is the default. Default. These default, 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 default. Woo! I love being default. I can never lose. <laughs> Press white in the chat if you like being the default color. You can never be wrong. <laughs> there's no there's no risk in being default. I love it. Mm. Default, default. Black dolls meant something. It mm -hmm. gave little girls something to look forward to. Right. A, a doll that was in their own image. It's called representation. You were being represented by a doll? <laughs> Are you, you're celebrating your people being represented by a little inanimate plastic object? <laughs> it's very confusing to me. I mean, you know, if I just, just say I was in a courtroom, just say I was being charged with a crime and I was being represented by somebody, I wouldn't want somebody to bring out, you know, a little Barbie doll. Sit it on the table next to me. <laughs> this is what's representing you. This is your representation. I, 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 I think I'd rather represent myself if that's okay. <clears throat> what, are you got a problem with women? <laughs> what, are you some kind of fucking misogynist, huh? It's called representation. I like that she um, makes it easy for us less educated folk. The wine and crackers. She, she breaks down each syllable. So there's no confusion. When a little girl gets a doll of a certain skin color, that represents representation. In their own image, it's called representation. representation. Got it? Got it? You want to hear it again? Their own image. It's called 
representation. Good. Now, see, white people don't have to worry about representation no. because y'all are represented all up and through this shit. <laughs> we, we have all the dolls. <laughs> represented all up and through this shit. I'm represented all up and through this bitch. I don't know if you know that or not. Somewhere out there, there's a little boogie doll that's representing me. If you come across a little boogie doll, let me know. Let me know. He needs to be reunited with me. My little representative. But for us, people mm. of color, mm. representation is a big deal. We yep. don't always see ourselves every time we turn on the television or no. look in a magazine or mm. see a billboard or a movie or mm. anything like that. Mm. Like, the fact that we have... I don't see myself on television either, though, to be fair. I don't see myself on billboards. I don't see myself on television. I don't see myself in movies. M might I suggest that uh, the young lady here is aiming a little too high? <laughs> I want to be on every billboard, every movie, every TV show. Every doll needs to be made in my image. Okay. Well, you got goals. It's important to have goals. Have to enumerate mm -hmm. and make a big deal. And you mm -hmm. see articles written about it every time yep. the first black person did this. The first black person yeah. to do that. Yep. The first black person to do this. Guess what? Because what? What? representation matters. Ah, uh, oh, okay. Okay, well, let's stop referencing it then. <laughs> first black Barbie doll. These things are considered the exception mm. because black people are not well I, i'm to be fair i'm with her you know um on that particular point once there's a first time for everything so once the first time is out of the way does that mean we can stop hearing about it is that the way it works unfortunately no you see it doesn't work that way you would think once the first time is over then we can stop making such a big deal about the first time but no you're going to have to hear about the first time forever and then the next time and the next time and the next time and the next time and the next time just be good Mr. Sagawa, I really don't give a shit about representation. Just be good. I, you sound like a white supremacist, sir. You sound like a Nazi. Somebody please ban Mr. Sagawa. Don't ban him. The rule. Y'all are. Y'all are. So, y'all. You... Me too? Am I, am I y'all? Nice. Put those black and brown emojis in your text messages and your emails and whatever else the fuck you're doing with it on Twitter and yep. Instagram. Yep. You're not showing solidarity. You're being insulting. <laughs> you can't win. You cannot win. <laughs> I love this shit. Like, don't get me wrong. You know what I mean? Like, I, I genuinely love stuff like this. I'm drawn to it. Because you, you can't fucking win. So, so if you don't reference black achievements and black culture and black history, if you don't make a big deal about the first black person to do this or the first black fucking Cabbage Patch doll or whatever, it's because you're bathed in your supremacy. You're, you're awash in white supremacy. Because y'all don't have to worry. Y'all are represented right up and through this shit. Quote.
So if you try to branch out of that white supremacist bubble, if you if you try to step outside of that line and say, you know what, like, I don't even care about this stuff. Hey, the first black cabbage patch doll just got released. More power to you. And then you put a little brown emoji on your on your tweet. That's also disrespectful. You're supposed you're supposed to this is legitimately what we're presented with. You're supposed to constantly um celebrate and reference something that you're not allowed to mention. <laughs> How do you do that? I feel like saying, you know, I'm not a vindictive judgmental person. Like you know on this chat, like when it comes to social things, I'm a very liberal kind of guy. When it comes to economics, I'm very, I'm far right. But when it comes to like social things, I'm pretty liberal. So yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't care about this kind of stuff. It's fucking ridiculous. But I feel like sitting these people down. Oh, look at Who me. do you mean by these people? I'm rambling again. Nightwave Radio. I love the smooth jazz in the background. Thank you for joining us. Mersh, don't forget tonight, 10 p.m., ladies and gentlemen. Mersh, Nightwave Radio, dlive.tv slash Nightwave Radio. Bit of smooth jazz. It's very hacky, I know. But thank you for joining us. So I feel like sitting these people down, by these people I mean the thought leaders, um... And having an open dialogue, having an open discussion. Because I want to know, what exactly do you want me to do? <laughs> like, can we get a list? Can we get a list of things? Okay, we want you to celebrate and acknowledge all of our achievements and our culture. Okay, I can do that. How do I do that? Well, you never mention it. Right. We want you to show solidarity without showing solidarity. I, I don't know. <laughs> What do you do? How do we progress from here? <clears throat> it's usually at that time when you realise that none of this is really ever about progress. It's never really about coming together. It's never really about just feel bad, <laughs> Tesla in the chat. You're just supposed to feel bad. It's never about coming together. It's never about mending bridges or any of that rhetorical sewerage that spews out of people's mouths. It's never anything to do about that. It's just about keeping up the angst because you're the only option you have is to do what you're told but not show it which is impossible it's an impossible demand and like i said you know auntie unfiltered aside i think most people are not like that that's the other thing too we see like the little representation of these sort of pseudo intellectuals little slithers of shit that comes out on the internet and stuff. But in your real life daily um, workings and shit, you know, would you, you'd, you'd hang over the back fence and have a conversation with somebody. You, you, you wouldn't even wreck it. You wouldn't even care. But these people want you thinking about why aren't there, why are you using black emojis on your fucking iPhone? Like it matters. But, you know, stop doing it. Don't be a white supremacist. OK, because honestly, if you want to label that solidarity, that is the laziest fucking form of solidarity you could ever come up with. See, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not going far enough. That's why she doesn't like it. You need to do more than just emojis on an iPhone. That's lazy. 
And if anybody is going to lecture me about what it means to be lazy, then I'm more than happy to take it from the expert. Sorry. Ah. That's a stereotype. (laughs) Stereotype with no grounding in reality. Because as you know, uh, as as a white person myself, uh, I am represented all the way up and through this shit. Quote. So I don't have to worry about that kind of thing. But I'm always happy to take critiques on board. And if somebody knows about what it means to be lazy, they want to tell me what, you know, what laziness is all about, then I'm more than happy to take that advice. Do better, okay? Do better. If you want to be a okay. real ally, get your ass out there on the front lines, gathering your skin folk. What about all them white people that showed up at the state <laughs> capitol in Michigan with guns and shit? Yeah. Go round them up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Sounds like a good plan. (laughs) Right. You heard it. You heard, Auntie. We have our mission. Now we know what we need to do. Get your lazy white ass off the couch, head to Michigan, and go up to the men with automatic firearms. And round them up. (laughs) Okay? If you want to be a real supporter, stop using black and brown emojis because that shit is insulting. No. Not good enough. Round up your skin folk. Head to Michigan. Find the guys with little American flag bandanas and semi-automatic rifles and get those motherfuckers to heal. (laughs) You heard her. That's how you solve the problem. That's how you mend bridges. That's how you fix shit. By threatening men with guns. <laughs> it's worked so well for other people. Thirty bags in the chat. I'm a blind man. You're all hackers. Skin folk. Yeah. I think like kin folk, but with an S because it's extra sassy and extra cool. Could ever come up with. Do better. Okay. Okay. If you want to be a real ally, get your ass out there on the front lines, gathering your skin folk. What about all them white people that showed up at the state capitol in Michigan with guns and shit? Go round them up. Round them up. Like, don't put, don't, you, you putting on a black emoji means absolutely nothing. It's superficial at best, honey. And you're not helping us with that. You're not doing anything. We're looking at you and. Semper Reloaded with the Diamond says, can't believe Stanley went trans after the office. There you go. <laughs> we're judging you. So. We're, we're judging you. Until you start rounding up angry white people with guns, you're on the hook. It's your fault. How could you let this happen? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It's superficial. Advice, Round them up. You, you're not helping us with that. You're not doing anything. Nothing. We're looking at you and yeah. we're judging you. We're judging you. Well, I'm okay with that. Okay. Fine. Well, seeing as using black and brown emojis is, you know, very lazy, seeing as I'm a white person that's supposed to stick in my stay in my own lane, seeing as um trying to show solidarity with things on social media is, you know, offensive. 
but I have to stay in my own lane at the same time <clears throat> and I'm being judged for it, well then, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to join the white guys with guns then. <sighs> what a damn shame. I would have liked to have contributed to this push, this drive. I would have liked to have made it a difference. But unfortunately for me, there's plenty of white emojis and little gun emojis that I can use instead. And I think the white guys with guns will be more than happy to add another one to their ranks, don't you? Stay in your lane. Stop insulting people. Arnie Unfiltered, ladies and gentlemen. She's a gem, isn't she? She's an absolute gem. Like I said, the voice of a people with a very important message. I'm glad that we burned a fucking hour on that, to be fair. <laughs> I can't believe we burned an hour on that. That was supposed to be like a 10-minute video. I apologize to the audience profusely. This is why I'm always running out of time. This is why I always have an archive that only keeps growing and never gets any smaller. Because of shit like this. Sorry for being such a windbag. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll take a quick break right now. <clears throat> we'll come back after the break. We'll get into some more regular Daily Boogie fare. Stop, stop using the brown emojis in the chat for Christ's sake. You're trying to get me killed? God, show a little respect, you lazy white crackers. Do better. Be better. So we'll be back in five minutes. I'm going to get myself a beverage and visit the little boys' room. Uh, during the five-minute break, if you could, uh, just go and round up all the white gun owners in your area and bring them to the computer during the break. Because that way I'll know that you're making a difference, all right? Until that happens, then, I'm sorry. You may as well light a tiki torch. All right, see you in five. You're listening to The Daily Boogie. Your novelty comedy songs, organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later, Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week so check it out. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie bumper. Idiot boogie really giving that one a workout. Come on. <laughs> Dlive.tv slash JJ Stoner. And we love JJ here on the show. It's the J.J. Stoner Spring Collection, the perfect attire for any and every occasion you can think of this season. Like we were in the mosh pit full of sweat and everyone's slapping, hitting, and pulling on you. This shit won't rip. Lunch at your favorite cafe? Brunch with the girls? These stylish ensembles will give you the confidence you need to look and feel your best. Or if you're getting arrested for possession, it comes with a built-in police stick-proof body armor. 
Keep swinging, pigs! Call now, and your order will come with a complimentary ounce of that dankest bubblegum slur cane that the South has to offer. Don't forget the wall tapestry! If you need to cover your wall, it works! Hello, my name is Frozen Asian, and I like to tell you about my show, The Sunday Night Shit Show, every Sunday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, along with good conversations and laughing at funny and weird shit we find on the internet. We also have The Hat Cam, where I showcase my myriad of great-looking hats. Here is a testimonial from a great friend of mine who has enjoyed my hats lately. My I hope your next hat is a bullet. Jesus Christ. What are you, fucking Asian dick crazy? <laughs> you. Why do you. You have to ruin my evening. Like, I, I'm just going to just listen, you know, listen to my bud do their show. And you, you got to, you just got to do this. Without the hat. So you're not enjoying it? No. <laughs> Dude, Asian uh, come Dick on, Tracy. I really enjoy it. You look no. like you're going undercover <laughs> in, in Argentina, but it's now working. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. Oh, uh, come on, you secretly really love it. No, no, I openly hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And there you have it. Uh, so subscribe to the Sunday Night Shit Show at youtube.com slash Sunday Night Shit Show. And uh, hope to see you there on Sunday nights. Bye. Feeling depressed? Need someone to tell you it's not okay? Do you like goth public access TV? Then join me for The Big Empty every Sunday at noon. Major underscore Tom on DLive. With zeros for O's, because everything in your life is that difficult. There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. When we were kids and there wasn't any school, we sit and watched all the best cartoons. Eating cereal until it was noon. We never thought that 30 years later it'd still be cool. Saturday night and cheesy movies. The ones that used to show us boobies oh, It's a special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy This Justin! The global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right around this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. 
shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Thank you for hanging out during the break, ladies and gentlemen. Second half of the show, Daily Movie Podcast, Tuesday night. Boogie Bumper with you. Go for another hour or so. Uh, we can go two ways with this. We can. There's a couple of options here available for you. And I don't know. I'll, I might do this thing where I let you decide. Well, actually, I called... Um, Breaks, Poppy Lane's like breaks. I used to take breaks all the time. And then when I started doing the, um, when I started like this podcast, it started off as like half an hour an episode. Then it went up to like an hour an episode. Now I'm doing two hours every single episode. So take a break in the middle, get to um, share some shows around, get to spread some love, get to take a piss. Life's good, man. So, um, yes, I get to make, I made a bumper. (laughs) That's right. Somebody's in the radio. Somebody's been in the radio biz. Couple of little bumpers there for you. Um, so the reason that I titled this episode "Chewy on Your Boot," you, I don't know if you have that term in the states or not. Chewy on your boot. It's it's an Australian thing. Um, it's a it's a dumb Australian thing, which I love. So, like, if you're at the football and someone's about to take a kick, you yell out "Chewy on your boot." Like, you know, to make the guy look down or whatever, but nobody ever looks down because everybody knows Chewy on your boot. But the reason that I called this episode Chewy on your boot is um, here's the deal. So a couple of weeks ago, the Australian government came out and said to China, China, they said, yeah, Chewy on your what? Chewy on your boot. Chewy as in chewing gum. We just call it Chewy. Like this chewing gum is very Chewy. So Chewy on your boot. All right. <laughs> There's chewy on your boot. <laughs> and like I said, it's a dumb Australian thing and you have to be a dumb Australian like myself to understand it. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, the Australian government came out and said, look, we think that there should be an independent investigation into China as to how the coronavirus started, how the coronavirus spread, what China did to mitigate its spread and so on and so forth. In response to that, China said that we are a very disrespectful country, which we covered on the show a couple of weeks ago. You know, in a world like this, uh, you need a good friend who will look after you. And China can be a good friend to you, Australia. You know, the world is very dangerous play, place. You know, sometimes uh, you need a, a big friend. You don't listen to your uh, friend, uh, America. America is not a good friend to you. China can be a very nice friend. And then China just puts its hand on your thigh at the bar, under the bar, so nobody else can see it. And if you say something about it, you'll look like the crazy person, right? And they just start rubbing the inner part of your thigh while you're being very, you're sweating bullets, you're very tense. Your knuckles are white, gripping the edge of the bar. You know, what's a country like you doing in a world like this? If you don't have a good friend like a China, China can be a very good friend to you. <laughs> so they weren't very impressed with us, this little upstart country known as Australia, which I love. And I love the fact that we are 
a little upstart country. Well, you think you're a big country. So somebody representing the China. So as a result of that, China has now threatened us with sanctions <laughs> because we want an in- independent investigation into how the coronavirus started. You know what? We'll just jump to that story because I was going to play a clip which proves that, um, you know, because we, we covered Auntie Unfiltered in the first half of the show and why it's very, very disrespectful, very disrespectful, why it's very disrespectful to use black and brown emojis on your iPhone. Um, and I wanted to show a bit of solidarity, if I could, by also hacking on white people. I also hate white people. And I found a white person that you're going to hate as well. So maybe we can celebrate Maybe we can celebrate other cultures in t- talking about how awful white people are. Is that, can I do that? Is that good? I really don't want to try and round up the angry men with guns. Like, it's not really my style, man. I may catch a bullet. I don't know if I'm that dedicated to the cause. If given the option between catching a bullet and you being upset about phone emojis, I'm sorry, I'll buy you a box of tissues. That's the way I'm going to go on that. I'm going to fall on that side of the argument. Sorry, time and again self-preservation being what it is. So let's let's jump to this story about China. China. China can be a good friend to you. Uh why is this in the wrong screen here? Let me just move that to my proper monitor. Da, 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 da. There. And there. There we go. That's all nice and fixed up now. So because Australia announced that there should be an invest, uh, independent investigation into how coronavirus started, how it spread, and China's response to it, China has responded by saying that uh, they will now put tariffs on like 80% of our barley. They are now essentially, uh, they want to suffocate us through trade. And the, the reason that I love this is because for the last three or four years, we've heard nothing coming out of China when, it, when we're talking about trade war. We've heard nothing except people saying that trade war is bad. Trade war is an extreme option. You should never do trade war. Trade war is unfair. This is disrespectful. It's very bad. But now that it suits them, it's like, oh, no, we're going to rape you through a trade war. It's like, okay. (laughs) So it gets much better than that, though. So let's have a look at what the Chinese government is saying about this little country down here known as Australia. How's this for a slap? This week, Australia was described as chewing gum on the boot of China. (laughs) Woo! Hi. I I think they're upset. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. Have I upset you in some way? Chewing gum on the boot of China. Ooh. Ooh. You know, Australia very disrespectful. Very disrespectful riddle country. You know, you need to show uh, more love to uh, China. China, love you. Why don't you love us, huh? Why don't you uh, make uh, more effort to show everybody how much you love China? <laughs> Chewing gum on your boot. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I'm not offended by it. I think that's based. But then, of course, it opens the door for <laughs> similar similar kinds of comments to go back the other way, I'm sure. So let's have a look. 
that needed to be scraped off on a rock. Wow. The insult came from an... So beyond just being chewing gum on the boot, we're chewing gum on the boot that needs to be scraped off onto a rock. How about this? This week, Australia was described as chewing gum on the boot of China that needed to be scraped off on a rock. The uh, This Is Bullshit says, is the US not in a very inclusive protective treaty pact with the Aussies? Yes, and the New Zealanders. It's called the ANZUS Treaty. ANZUS. Australia, uh, New Zealand and the United States. The ANZUS Treaty. The insult came from an... So I've said this on the show before. Um, what we like to do in, here in Australia is we stand at the northernmost part of Australia in North Queensland because we're in Asia, but we're not really Asian. Like, you know, we're, we're part of the Anglosphere, another uh, English colony, essentially, penal colony. So we stand on the northern beaches of Queensland and just give the finger to the rest of Asia constantly. Fuck you. <laughs> and every few years... Uh, the Asia, the rest of Asia, the Asian community, China or Indonesia or some other country in Asia says, oh, that's enough. We fuck you. We fuck you up. And then we go, America, <laughs> America, the Asians are trying to start fights again. He punched me first. And America's like, don't start shit with our little buddy here. Don't start shit with our little cousin. We'll fucking, we'll mess you up. We've got bombs and shit. Oh, you shut up. You think you're so tough. You have a big cousin like America. You think you're being so tough. Fuck America, look after you. And we're like... <laughs> I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's the perfect position to be in. All of the... Uh, all of the... Uh, arrogance, right? None of the responsibility. <laughs> perfect. Influential Chinese newspaper editor okay. backed by the Communist Party. Yeah. Our crime? We're troublemakers because our government is calling for an independent inquiry into the origins <laughs> and spread of coronavirus. I, I fucking love that another country like China. Remember, China is supposed to be like the big powerful player. China is supposed to be the next century, right? China is supposed to be the next superpower. And what are they doing? Oh, you're a troublemaker. <laughs> We're troublemakers. <laughs> I don't get you, Australia. Why are you such a troublemaker? Why you always got to make a trouble? <laughs> Go fuck yourself, China. How about that, huh? Go shit in your hat. Yes. It's fair to say our relationship with Beijing is currently fractured, but understanding why China is so defensive, not to mention petulant... Because they're very short and they have little penis. ...is difficult because the regime is so suspicious of the Western media. Tonight, though... <laughs> Nobody is more suspicious of the Western media than people in the West! <laughs> Nobody's more suspicious of the Western media than me. But it's a little rich coming from the fucking state-run Chinese newspaper, isn't it? <laughs> Tonight on China News A Diary, do not trust the Western media. Chinese media never lie. We always tell a truth. <laughs> fucking laughable. Come on. This shit might have worked during the Cold War. But, you know, let's be honest, it's 2020 now, China. 
You've got to get with the times. You've got to have a bit of a fucking sense of humor, man. Come on now. China is the guy at the party that nobody wants to talk to. And everybody's like, who invited China? Who invited China? And then you try to make friends with China, right? At this party. You'll go up to China and say, hey, China, how you doing? It's like, well, I would like to be doing much better, but uh, nobody here is uh, being very respectful. It's like, oh, God. Here we go again. What's the problem now, China? Well, you know, uh, Australia, I see Australia over there. Australia, very popular. Australia drinking with uh, America and the United Kingdom and a New Zealand and a Canada. Everybody rub Australia. Nobody rub China. Why not? I mean, you know, maybe stop being such a fucking wet blanket all the time, man. You think uh, China not fun? China, very fun. China, nice, very fun country. Okay. Okay. Oh, a rare glimpse. <laughs> My dad holds a dear shit. Into their thinking. Professor Chen Hong is an academic in Shanghai. He's also a prolific contributor on Australia-Chinese relations to the Global Times, okay. a pro-communist paper that's been intensely critical of Australia. Its editor, Hu Ji. <laughs> look at the little pictures they do. Where little look at the little boxing kangaroos, little America's puppet. <laughs> The problem here is your your strings should be attached to our panda bear. We don't want America running your country. We want to run your country. <laughs> Jin was the man who, a few days ago, described us as gum on the shoe of China. Based. Professor Chen, thank you very much for your time. Would you accept that to describe Australia as a piece of chewing gum on the shoe of China <laughs> is inflammatory and highly offensive? Well, I think this remark is uh, uh, metaphoric, which I think... They always do this shit. Always. In the previous iterations of this show, going back years now, before it was the Daily Boogie podcast, when it was just a live stream, I've, I've lost count of the amount of hours we've spent on China, right? We've Australia has sent uh, Australian senators and Australian... Australian, like, academics who are experts on Chinese militaristic expansion, Chinese uh, infiltration into education, into politics and whatnot. Only now, we've sent these people to the United States for 20 years trying to explain what China does and how they get a grip on a country. Only now are people starting to fucking listen. Like, just now. I'll give you one example. A very wealthy guy, uh, I think he was a Sydney sider, I'm not sure, but definitely in Australia. A very wealthy guy in Australia died and he left a large amount of money to a university if they would teach a course in Western civilization, Western history, right? Because he felt like the universities were not adequately, um, you know, they weren't adequately educating the students, like just a semester on the, you know, like, so it would start in like ancient Greece and the formulation of, uh, democratic thought and stuff like that and go up through the ages. So he thought that that side of our history wasn't being adequately uh, taught in universities. Now, this spurned a whole bunch of anti-Western civilization protests at universities. The main university that was behind these protests 
is essentially funded by the Chinese government and they have a whole course dedicated to the history of Mao, Chairman Mao, (laughs) at the Australian fucking university. So the university that takes bucket loads of Chinese cash has a whole degree on uh, the history of Mao and the Cultural Revolution were the ones most fiercely protesting against Australians learning about the history of Western civilization. It's like, and uh, people in the media were unironically printing this story. Either oblivious or just a mouthpiece. I don't know, whichever, whichever way it works, whatever floats your boat, doesn't really make any difference at the end of the day. But they were just repeating this stuff ad nauseum and it was fucking amazing to watch it happen. <laughs> so that's just one example. I could rattle off 500 similar examples of shit like that taking place here. During the Hong Kong protests, um, there were a lot of like pro-Hong Kong, pro-democracy, pro-freedom protests here in Australia, like at the Chinese embassy and shit. And then they started, counter-protesters started turning up, pro-China protesters started turning up to chase off the pro-Hong Kong protesters. The pro-China protesters were from Australian universities. (laughs) They were university students in Australia. Make of that what you will. So we have a long, very, very, very long history of dealing with this shit. So let's let's see what this guy. And like I said, it always it always falls back on this this angle. Like, oh no, you misunderstand. You take it out of context. Ah, oh, no, it's a metaphor, and it's it's always everybody else's fault. That's what you're going to learn. The more that you look into like how these uh, diplomats conduct themselves, everything is always somebody else's fault. Well, I mean, we wouldn't have to say a thing like this if you were nicer to us. It's well, they're the they are the they are the Israel of Asia. <laughs> Everybody else is to blame for everything all the time, and they can do no wrong ever. Everybody else must grovel and say, "We're so sorry. How can we help you? Have some more money." And it's like. You need to be a better friend to us. It's constant. Have a look at this. Australia as a piece of chewing gum on the shoe of China is inflammatory and highly offensive. Well, I think this remark is uh, uh, metaphoric, which I think uh, describes Australia's, uh, uh, you know, repeated display of hostility uh, (laughs) towards China. Like, this is the thing, right? So Australia's repeated displays of hostility towards China. I'm sorry, but how can it be a metaphor? Like, if that's a problem, how are we just chewing gum on your boot, right? Because the repeated displays of hostility, like we're a tiny country of like 25 million people versus 1.2 or 1.3 billion people in China, right? We're a teeny tiny little country. So on the one hand, they're trying to say that we're being hostile, repeated hostile displays, we're disrespectful, it's bad, but at the same time saying, who gives a fuck about Australia? You can't have it both ways, sir. (laughs) We can't be both things. We can't be an agitator and a disruptor and an aggressor as well as being chewing gum on your boot that needs to be scraped off onto a rock. And uh, in spite of all the efforts from the Chinese side, trying to, you know, call, oh, you know, the yeah. Austrian side back to its senses. Sure. Oh, we're, we're trying so hard to be friends with you. <laughs> and see, they get pissed. So 
often things like this will happen in Australia. Uh, the, a Chinese company, which is essentially the same thing as the Chinese government, uh, they'll try to buy a big slab of like farmland in the, in the middle of Australia somewhere, like an old dairy farm or something. And the Australian government steps in and says, no, sorry, we, we're not going to sell it to you. Sorry, bro. And then China gets really pissy at us. How dare, how dare you? Why, you don't like our money? You don't want to take our money? Because what they do is, like, remember we played the story on this show, oh, God, it must have been like six months ago, where uh, the Chinese company brought up, uh, bought up this, this land and they use the water reservoir for their own property, right? So the other people, the farmers who live in this town no longer have access to their own water because it's been promised by the government to this Chinese company. And the Chinese company said, well, we're going to build this land and build a fucking resort on it. Remember that? Ben K. Veritas with a diamond after China has already procured all Aussie ports. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. Of course. We're way behind the eight ball too. Don't worry about that. It, it seems governments, um, politicians in the West selling their ass to China is not like just an Australian problem. It's an everyone problem. So, so this Chinese company brought up this land in a country town and said, we're going we're gonna to build a very nice resort on there. We're going to have a big ravi resort where uh, people can stay and pat the horses and ride a horse. And there's going to be a pool and a bar and a buffet. So after three years... They just decided, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just bottle the water and send it back to China. <laughs> so now these farmers can't get access to the water in their own town because it's been promised to this Chinese company who said that they would build a resort on this land. They didn't build a resort. They just started draining the water, putting it in bottles and sending it back to China. <laughs> so this happened. This is a constant. This is a constant subtext to Australian politics is, uh, you know, the influence of China. So very Australia, very repeated displays of aggression and hostility. We're trying to be your friend. You know, the world is a very dangerous place. You could, you could use a friend like us. We're a good friend to you. I mean, you are right. It is a metaphor, but it's not a very nice one. It's not a very nice uh, one. I think it is a, a figure yeah, of speech. So, you know. It's, it's at times like this, I'm very disappointed in the corporate press and programs like 60 Minutes. I know she has a job to do and I know she has to be professional. She says, well, it's a metaphor, but it's not a very nice one. But that's a very woman thing to say. I would much like if you give me that job, I'd say uh, you use the metaphor that we are chewing gum on your boot that needs to be scraped off onto a rock. Oh, yes, that's a metaphor. I'd say, well, it's a metaphor. Go fuck yourself. Pardon me. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Go fuck a bat. Huh? Well, nothing. Fuck him. Fuck these people. It's a metaphor, but it's not a very nice one. Uh, I think... Why censor with the diamond says, when your rapist yells at you for not cooperating, right? I mean, it's the same thing with the over-policing and shit that we've been covering over the last few weeks as well. The overreach. Hey, stop resisting while they're beating you over the head with a baton. Stop resisting, you son of a bitch. Just do everything we tell you and everything will be okay. But I'm pretty sure if I do everything you tell me, I'm going to get fucked here in this deal. Shut up. Why are you being so disrespectful? Why are you being a troublemaker? 
It is a, a figure. There's a lot of people in the West, you know, over the over the last little period of time. I see you in hell. Who have just started to like talk to us like children. And I'm not sure how much fuel is left in that tank. I'm not sure how much more people are going to be prepared to put up with that kind of shit. Well, if you stand on the X and you stand on the X here and you'll get your food and just behave yourself. Don't mix. Don't mix with other people. Stand behind the line, right? Follow the rules. Be a good little citizen. <clears throat> I mean, fuck, the government puts out little checklists now. They give out little report cards of people who follow the rules. Congratu congratulations, Australia. We've looked at the data and you're following the rules. We're going to put this right up on the fucking refrigerator. You should be so proud of yourself. Yay. Right? The politicians talk to us like children. Other countries talk to us like fucking children. Eh. Well, you know, you should be a lot nicer. You know, we're trying to reach out to you. We're trying to be a good friend. Go fuck yourself, sir. <laughs> Go and shit in your hat, comrade. Of speech. Well, why is it that China finds it hostile, finds it so offensive for an independent international inquiry into the origins and the spread of COVID-19? Actually, you know, this kind of investigation actually proposed by uh, the, uh, the Australian side is mm -hmm. not an investigation. It's called an independent inquiry, ah. talking about the mm. lack of transparency. Yeah. That is actually the uh, uh, problem because actually ah. there's no such thing as lack of transparency in China, uh, in the Chinese side. <laughs> Doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> oh, the the rack of transparency, it's a, it doesn't even exist. <laughs> we are the most transparent. Like, are we all going to sit here and fucking pretend that if this guy doesn't say this on this on this network, that his family will be wiped out? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get it. It's a shitty situation. But are we all just going to pretend like that's not the reality for this dude? <clears throat> after he said that, if I'm interviewing this guy, after he said that, oh, well... Uh, lack of transparency doesn't exist in on the China side. We're we're very transparent. I'd say, okay, how many of your current family members are being held hostage at the moment? <laughs> winning TV with a diamond. Follow Winning TV, by the way. DLive.tv slash Winning TV says, why no Riker China? This is problematic, indeed. Very problematic. It's opposite day, says Kimmy. Um, people who. Uh, who have worked with the WHO say that uh, China lacked transparency. People within China accuse the administration of a lack of transparency. It's not just Australia. Australia is being, you know, acting as a kind of divisive, you know, role, trying to, you know, point fingers, even stab at the back of China. This is actually... Stabbing the back of China. <laughs> this is a circus. This is a complete fucking shit show. Australia's trying to be divisive. It's trying to stab it in the back of China. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. When I was watching this earlier, I was on the floor. 
I was like, fucking listen to the shit coming out of this guy's mouth. This is incredible. <laughs> Stabbing China in the back. You should be a better friend to us. You should, you're Australia, you're a troublemaker. <laughs> you're very divisive. You're not a very nice. We try to be your friend. See, not fair. We're looking not, at not fair, guys. <laughs> three million people or so that have been affected. Two hundred thousand people who have died. I mean, if uh, if that doesn't warrant an investigation, an inquiry, what on earth does? You don't need an investigation. You don't need an investigation. You listen, listen. China be very transparent. In fact. You say uh, you want to uh, investigate uh, transparency. Let me, t I, I tell you right now, because you're chewing gum on our boot. You're nothing country. You're nothing. You're pathetic little country. You're troublemaker. You're disrespectful. So I tell you now, you don't need an investigation. You just listen to me. You listen to us. We tell you. Transparency, there's no, no lack of transparency. That does not exist. Though. Why fumble for solidarity when when you have a heavy bag? Think Veritas in the chat. <laughs> I think when the world actually really needs to be united towards mm. you know this kind of uh, uh, final you know victory uh, over the yeah, virus, yeah, actually trying to divide the camp, trying to you know uh, you know you know point accusing you know uh, a finger at China. This is not the right time. Do you? This is not the right time. <laughs> like. We can sit here and talk about who started what virus until the cows come home. Let's just say that everybody's wrong and we'll move on. Stop being so disrespectful. Except that China has a responsibility for the crisis we see around the world today. Yeah. I think China was the first victim of this outbreak. <laughs> My heart bleeds. I'm crying rivers of tears for you. You poor, poor man. <laughs> the way we should look at this is China was really the first victim of this horrible, horrible thing that we don't need to investigate. <laughs> You know, this thing that we don't need to investigate and nobody should ask any questions about, the only thing you need to know is we were the first victim. I, I told you, they're the Israel of Asia. <laughs> you know, nobody's a bigger victim than us. You know, we have been oppressed by a China virus for, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years. It's like a meteor hitting someplace on the earth. You can't blame the victim. The victim actually has been, you know, suffering those heavy losses. Is this, do you see what's happening? Do you see what's happening here? So she's talking about three million Australians are now out of work. Uh, our economy is in the fucking toilet, right? <laughs> and he's saying he's accusing us of blaming the victim, which is them. They're the victim. Nobody else is. <laughs> Nobody else has a right to ask questions. Nobody else has a right to know how it started or where it came from. All you need to know is China is the real victim here. And everybody else is being disrespectful and rude and oppressive. No, and we appreciate and sympathise with the losses affecting the Chinese people, of course. But would you accept that the actions within China by the Chinese regime... <laughs> like welding people up in their own homes. 
<laughs> turned this health crisis into a global catastrophe. At the very, uh, very start of this outbreak, nobody... Like, like disappearing the doctors who made the discovery, remember that? Like when the doctor who found the fucking virus just disappeared off the face of planet fucking Earth and all of their social media profiles and everything were just deleted into nothing. <laughs> when whistleblower after whistleblower after whistleblower came out and said, you know, the Chinese government is really uh, not doing what they should in regards to this particular fucking virus and they all just died, uh, we assume, they just disappeared. When the, when the Chinese-funded WHO, the WHO, comes out and says, well, there's fucking nothing to worry about. What are you talking about? Don't be ridiculous. Go and hug a Chinaman. It's fine. Don't be silly. You're racist. Stop being a troublemaker. Stop being divisive. You talking about stuff like that? No, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's got a good explanation. Let's hear, let's hear the guy. Give the guy a chat. The chat's being very dis... You're being very disrespectful in the chat room. Why you got to be uh, such a troublemaker in there? Why you got to make us such a more trouble? You know, China could be a good friend to you. Be a nice friend. China, by the Chinese regime, turned this health crisis into a global catastrophe. This is Bullshiz with the Diamond says, why you talk bad about China? At the very, uh, very start, of Thank you for the diamond, sir. Nobody knew really about this kind of virus. Mm. So indeed, there have been Nobody some, knew. you know, uh, slowness of a response, and also indeed some human errors. But as soon as actually, you know, this kind of, you know, uh, situation has been, you know, tackled with resolute and decisive actions have been, you know, mm. exercised in uh, combating this uh, disease. Well, mm. I just don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Being very bitchy. <laughs> well, I just don't think that's true. <laughs> Fucking bravo. I love it. I didn't think she had it in her. Well, I'm sorry, but you're a lying piece of shit. Oh, you're being very, you're tr starting trouble again. You're starting more trouble again. I, I don't think that the world judges that to be the truth, actually. Doctors within will. What's that little smirk for, huh? And I, I don't think that the world judges that to be the truth, actually. That's going to be my new avatar. <laughs> Cocky Chinese government employee. Dot com. Look at that. <laughs> you'll think you're so smart. You'll think you're so smart asking for your little inquiry. Let me tell you something, you dumb Australian bitch. There is no lack of transparency in China. China always honest. China, best friend for you. You're starting uh, trouble. You started too much trouble. You're very disrespectful. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Doctors within Wuhan notified authorities of their concerns of this new virus. <laughs> Gypsy in the chat says, this guy will be dead in a week. <laughs> and they were shut don't, don't get too attached to him. Down and accused of being liars and rumour mongers. Mm. You have uh, 
commentators Ooh. within China criticising the regime of not taking action. They've been shut down. They've disappeared. We don't know where they are. Uh, you know, your president knew about... She's done her fucking homework. ...this virus on the 7th of January and made no declaration until the 20th and certainly didn't shut down Wuhan until the 23rd. After if, if you get an Australian chick, it doesn't matter if they're in the corporate media... It doesn't matter. Like, they could be like really, really far left. It's there are very few far lefties in Australia. Like, our left here is more like it's overrepresented, right? <clears throat> our left here is more like union workers, right, and blue collar guys. By and large, the the kind of left which is like we need to open up all the fucking borders, we need to let everybody in, and we need to have socialism. That's actually a pretty small segment of the left in Australia. That's probably like, at, of, of the overall left-wing, you know, political machine, it's probably like 5% of them, maybe. I don't know. Maybe more. Maybe like 10% of them. So most of them are like nationalists. They they still love the anthem. They still fucking love the flag. You know, they still, they're not very politically correct, right? But they just vote for the left for more like worker protections or more welfare and shit like that. So it doesn't matter if you back an Aussie chick up into the corner and say some shit like <clears throat> your country is nothing but chewing gum on our boot that needs to be scraped off onto a rock and you look like a pencil necked little fucking nerd like this prick here <laughs> <laughs> doing this fucking smile. Declaration new and shut in China criticizing the regime of not taking they were shut on notify the world judges that to be the truth actually if if this is you if you're trying to if you're selling bullshit to an australian chick about australia and like you know she's probably like a proud beach going fucking beer drinking kind of girl doesn't matter if she's on the left or not and you sit there across from her even on a screen with this fucking dopey look on your face acting like king shit talking about how you need to be a better friend you're disrespectful uh, everything you're saying is a lie. She will fucking stick the rod up you. <laughs> she will give you a beating every time. Never, never back an Australian girl into a corner and start talking shit about her country because she will rip your fucking balls off. <laughs> Look at this cocky little prick. <laughs> He's in no position to be cocky. Look at that smile. He thinks he's winning. Doctors within Wuhan notified authorities of their concerns of this new virus and they were shut down. Go play a fucking violin or something, mate. And accused of being liars and rumour mongers. You have uh, commentators within China criticising the regime of not taking action. They've been shut down. They've disappeared. We don't know where they are. Uh, you know, your president knew about this virus on the 7th of January and made no declaration until the 20th and certainly didn't shut down Wuhan <coughs> until the 23rd <coughs> after 5 million people had left Wuhan to travel through China and the rest of the world. And this is where the pandemic started. This is how the pandemic spread. You cannot say that decisive action was taken, except against the people who were warning you that here was a brand new danger that was very, very frightening. Oh! <laughs> now what, sweaty? 
He's not fucking smiling now, is he, eh? <laughs> this is fucking great. 60 minutes is usually shit. But this this one, this particular segment, I was like, wow. Fucking go. You go, girl. <laughs> Just fucking slaughtered this guy. <laughs> Actually, I don't think this is actually a true picture. It's not a true picture. You got it all wrong. You could be a friend. Stop being so disrespectful. Of what happened in China. Uh, a lot of things still remain, you know, in the dark. Yeah. That is why they A lot of things still remain in the dark. Bro, you just said that there's no lack of transparency. What are you talking about? Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. He just said that there's no lack of transparency in China. Well, a lot of things are remain in the dark. You know, there's a lot of uh, questions that remain unanswered. We haven't discovered all, like, all of the stuff yet. But there's no lack of transparency. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> there were some, you know, indeed, some kind of, you know, slowness of response. Yeah. So that is why actually some top officials yeah. in uh, Wuhan city yep. Yep. and also in the province of Hubei, mm. they were actually being replaced, you know, by... <laughs> by firing squad. <laughs> ...governments. Did China lie to the WHO and to the world when it said it had it in hand? You know, there, there it, are... was, it was a, a public emergency. Ah. People were simply, you know, caught, you know, by surprise and did not, uh, did not know what to do. Mm -hmm. So actually there are, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know disarray in their responses. Ah. So ah. During the disarray, did China mm. lie to the world? I don't think it's a lie. It was simply, you know... Uh, different what? interpretations of the situation. <laughs> That'll do it. That's it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we never right. We never ride. <clears throat> you see, Australia, very disrespectful country. What you call a rye, we would say different interpretation of a truth. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself, John. That is, that is fantastic. That's one of the best things I've ever seen on 60 Minutes. I had to bring it to you. I had to show you this. This fucking guy. So during that disarray, would you say that the Chinese government lied to the rest of the world? Uh, I would not say a lie. I would say that uh, different interpretation of the truth. <laughs> that's, that's China in a nutshell. A different interpretation. Let's, let's just call it that and be done with it. <laughs> this is bullshit with the diamond says... I go back in shame with a tiny penis now. So sorry. <laughs> we send scientists to nice farm in country province. He, he lived happily ever after and on the farm with the cows. <laughs> he didn't disappear. <laughs> Aussie media has been shit talking China for weeks. Yeah, good. Should have been years. All right. <clears throat> the last item I have for you tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... How about this? In solidarity with Auntie, I forget her name now, Auntie Unfiltered in the first segment of the show, where we learned that 
when white people use brown emojis, it's actually an oppressive, very disrespectful thing to do. It's not showing solidarity. Uh, in the words of the emailer to Arnie Unfiltered, which she subsequently agreed with, uh, white people need to stay in their own lane and not get into the space of people of colour. And white people using black and brown emojis is, quote, the most egregious form of digital blackface there is. Digital blackface, that's right. <clears throat> I don't know. So in solidarity with her, though, because we aren't allowed to show solidarity by using emojis, how about we show solidarity by saying how awful white people are? I want to present you with this guy. This guy is our new hero here on the Daily Boogie. Isn't he Isn't he a stunner? Hmm? I actually agree with her. <laughs> this is bullshit. Boogie, your background is black. You need to check your privilege. I check it every day. I check it to make sure that it's still right up there where I like it. Um, so this, this, this video is entitled, I inject my own face to look plastic. <laughs> if you don't yet hate white people, allow me to present with you, uh, to you, Exhibit A. Come on. Ich möchte einfach von der Masse mich abheben. Also es gibt wirklich gar nichts, was mich stoppen könnte auf meinem Weg zum Fläst. Of course he's German. <lacht> of course he's German. I'm on my way to being plastic. Today I'm having my lips done and perhaps my cheeks. Let's see. I'm so excited to call my mum now on FaceTime. I couldn't speak to my mum before. I couldn't speak to my mum. <clears throat> I was just so horrified with how I look. But now I can sit down confidently and talk with mum. And there's a lot of issues with mum, I'm guessing, growing up. But now I can confidently sit down in front of a webcam and talk to mum because I've got the Botox, I've got the cheek injection. Katie Reed in the chat is it Brendan Schaub? <laughs> hey Papa, Papa! <laughs> I think it is Brendan. Have a look at that. <laughs> Maybe this is like an alternate reality. Where if Brendan Schaub, instead of becoming like a really shitty comedian, became the member of a boy band instead in Eastern Europe or something. <laughs> Look at that. Wow. That is Brendan, isn't it? German Brendan Schaub. <laughs> On my way to being plastic, Brendan Schaub, quote. <laughs> Somebody screen grab that, please. He's very excited to call his mum now on FaceTime to see what she thinks and if she's shocked. Hooked on the look. 
Stuttgart. Hi, ich bin Stefan Streubel. Stefan, he's 27 years old and he's from Stutt Stuttgart. My goal is simply that one day I'll look like a plastic doll. Goal. Remember when saying to people, you look plastic, remember that was an insult not that long ago? Now it's become something to strive for. Now it's legitimately for young men in the West, it is their it is now their goal to look plastic. I don't know, maybe I'm doing this goals thing wrong. You know, like I'm a I'm a man of simple pleasures. So I have a goal on the weekend. I have a goal on Saturday to um, cook a spit roast and enjoy some cold beer while I while I listen to Nightwave. Because that's more often than not on a Saturday, I'll be cooking a barbecue because of the time difference, right? And there's nothing I like better than like cracking a red wine or some cold beers, getting out there on the spit roaster or the barbecue. I throw Nightwave on the radio. It's fucking good shit, man. Because I don't have to work Saturday night. Just have a laugh, right? That's my goal on a Saturday. Uh, everything outside of that, I really don't have any plans. Except for, you know, midday my time to be out there frying some fucking meat up. That's my goal. Like I said, a man of simple pleasures. Other people have, have other goals. You know, you may want to be a world champion sprinter. You may want to become a famous musician. You may want to just build a house. You may want to study real hard, get that engineering degree, make something, you know, become a city planner or some shit like that. You might have goals in that realm. And I respect that. That's, that's not for me, though. Simple man, simple pleasures. <clears throat> this guy's goal is to look like a plastic doll. <coughs> 27 years old. You sent myself flaccid in the chat. Says the Reich is outraged. I'm sure. Well, this is this is how it started. If you want to be brutally honest, if you want a little quick history download, it was it was shit like this that started the Third Reich in the first place. Did you know that the first? Not many people know this. Did you know that the first um, the first sex change operation was in Berlin in like 1910 something? Maybe. In the 19, it was either in the 1910s or the early, early 1920s. The first sex change operation ever. Berlin. Just so happened to be about, I don't know, a decade before the Nazis took over the country. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It's a little little history download for you. Stefan has dreamt of achieving the ultimate plastic look since he was just 12 years old. Oh, that's good. Also angefangen mit dem Lippenaufspritzen habe ich ungefähr vor zwei Jahren. Und deshalb gehen wir heute noch I've said, I've said it before and I'll say it again. And I appreciate the irony of the fact that like I'm on camera and I'm streaming on the internet and all of that stuff. If I had the opportunity, if there was like one big red button and I could push it and destroy all of the camera phones on planet Earth for them never to return, I would not hesitate in pushing that button. All the mobile phones, everything, bang, blown up. 
like in a you know an orgiastic uh, manifestation of the spirit of Pol Pot. I would I would take that option. I would press that button like that. Imagine being a fucking kid now. Like when we were like, so I'm in my mid thirties, right? When we were like 15, 16, going to parties and stuff, getting loose, you know, fucking drinking too much, taking your pants off, right? Discovering girls, all of that shit. And the parties were loose, right? You can't do that anymore. Because if you're a kid now, like if you're a 15 or 16 year old now, You've already got like an Instagram account, a YouTube account, a Twitter account. And if you get loose at a party, there's going to be 500 phones pointed at you filming it to be uploaded to fucking LiveLeak or something. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't get a sneaky blowjob from the ugly girl behind the fucking school shed anymore <laughs> because somebody will film it. Whereas once upon a time, you were able to deny things that happened at drunken parties. You know, Boogs, did you drink too much and um, try to have sex with my mum at that party? Nah, nah, man. It wasn't me. Definitely wasn't me. I was never the, I was, I, I would never like chase after the older women. Never. <laughs> no way, bro. Bro, she said that you tried, she doesn't want you coming over anymore. <clears throat> Why? I didn't do anything. Well, I mean, she's not going to lie. She's my mum. She's fucking lying, mate. <laughs> She's fucking lying. I don't care what she says. I didn't grab her on the tit when I was drunk at the party. No way. I would never do that, bro. I wouldn't do that to you, man. Like, sure, she's hot and everything, but I wouldn't try and fuck her, you know? Give me a break. We're bros. She's lying. She's always hated me. But if you do that now, there's like there's going to be video evidence of it. I really feel sorry for the fucking younger people. Uh, there, there is this, um, there's this term called the micro generation, which I only found out about like a few months ago. But apparently if you were born between like, so, you, you know, generation X, generation Y, millennials, blah, blah, blah. Apparently if you were born between like the, the very late 70s and the very early 80s, then you're part of what's called the micro generation. So you're part of the generation who, you know, half of your childhood was pre-internet, pre-mobile phone, and the other half of your childhood was where we are now. So, and like, I'm, I would be part of that generation. So if you, we, we are apparently in this little tiny little micro generation, this subsection generation, we are the only ones that experienced both, you know, at the same time growing up. So. If you're born after that, you only know the, the post-internet world, right? You only know the post-mobile phone world and so on and so forth. You, didn't, you don't remember what it was like before mobile phones. So you, like, if, look, look how many people are in the chat saying that they're, they're also part of this generation, right? It's funny, like when I'm in different chat rooms of the shows I watch and stuff and I see people like, oh, I'm, I'm this age, I'm this age. It's, a, it's amazing how many of us have just sort of come together at the same, roughly the same age. And we have like, you know, similar sense of humor, uh, similar disdain for a lot of stuff that we see, similar attitude to things that we see around us. And we're all like roughly of the same age. It's, it's quite uncanny because I wonder if that has anything to do with it. Like we, we know the technology, right? 
we use it. I'm using it right now, but it's not the only thing we know. And we're not like in the boomer class where they went their whole life and, you know, got this stuff right at the, they got all the fancy toys right at the end when they were already well into their adult years. So, you know, we have a different perspective, I think. Not that we're special or anything like that, but we definitely have a different perspective of life before and after mobile phones and internet and all of that shit. So when I see videos like this of this fucking guy who's 27 years old and obviously he probably he, he looks like he's he's taking 200 selfies a day. The camera is constantly pointed at him. He wants to look like a plastic doll. This is a this is a modern problem. <laughs> this is a modern problem. I don't know what the solution is but Jesus man. Like guys getting lip injections? Come on, what's, what the fuck is going on here? I want to have super fat lips just like a doll. I want lips that look like they're going to almost going to explode at any moment. Maybe I'm the wrong person to talk about this because I have rather plumpy lips. I have pretty good puckers. So I can't imagine somebody that wants to fucking inject. I, I can imagine girls doing it. And I don't like it when girls do it either. But um, I can't imagine a guy wanting to inject shit into his lips to make him look like, you know, a fucking uh, cam slut. I, I don't get it. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Ich möchte einfach von der Masse mich abheben. Und die Leute sollen einfach auf der Straße wirklich schon von Weitem sehen, wow, der hat was machen lassen, der hat sich richtig verpuscht. <lacht> Fascist TV in the chat, must be a good beatboxer. Wucka, wucka, wucka. With a clear goal in mind for his evolving look, Stefan is busy planning his extreme transformation. Fuck no. Ich hoffe, dass ich mein Ziel... In, in the next 12 months, I mean, he's probably, this is the other thing, he's probably, for now, he's probably a very happy person. Right? <laughs> Kitty B. Who are you to knock him for wanting to be the best cocksucker he can be? Well, that's fair. That's fair. It's not all about lips, though. That's a misnomer. That's a myth. Big lips does not necessarily uh, lend itself to um, good oral sex. It's a rumor. It's an old wives' tale. It's all about attitude. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? What the fuck is what, what's what's become of this show? Remember when this show started out and was all very serious, talking about political topics and doing media and shit. Look what look what look what we're doing here on this program. We're discussing the ins and outs, the details about how a guy can give better head if he gets lip injections or not. We, we, I've completely ruined this fucking platform. <laughs> You're going to have to start all over again. You're going to have to delete all of these episodes, go back and start again. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. We're having fun. Having a little fun. I can tell you, I have now many OPs planned. I want to on my I want a cat eye lift done. What the fuck is a cat eye lift? We do learn things on this program. Like, I didn't know that there was a Brazilian ass job. 
until a few weeks ago. I had no idea. Now we're going to discover what a cat eye lift is. Cat eye lift would I gerne machen lassen. Um, ein Augenbrauen lift. Dann möchte ich ein Augenbrauen lift. Perfect removal haben. Brendan is so cute. Ein lip lift. He really does look like Brendan Schaub, doesn't he? <laughs> hey, Papa, Papa, watch me suck this dick, Papa. You know, as a, Brendan also likes the Chinese people. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> hey, Papa, Papa, I'm going to get the, uh, I'm going to get my uh, lips injected, Papa. And uh, you watch me suck this cock. You, I could suck the chrome off a tailpipe with this fucking thing. Look at this. Look at the size of these lips, Papa. That one's for you, Brian. It's probably a better comedian. D Life Dinger says, I don't know why women want us to be like this. Only lesbians want men to be like this. Because then if the we the lesbians want the men to be like this, because then less women will be taken by the men. And so it's more women for the lesbians. That's that's the theory I'm going with. Okay, so what I was saying before, he's probably a very happy person because right now he has a very simple goal. He wants to look less than human. He wants to look like a plastic Barbie doll, essentially, a male version. He wants to look like a Ken doll. So he's got very clear, defined goals. I need to get a lip injection. I need to get a tummy tuck. I need to get my thighs done. I need to get the eyebrow lift. I need to get the cat eye fucking lift. It's all very laid out. It's very easy to follow. You just tick them off as you go along, right? The, the, the pain will come when he gets to like his 40s and his 50s when it all starts turning to shit and the injected and the plastic parts of him still look like they did 20 years ago but the rest of him doesn't match it and then he's going to get more work to, subs to you know, subsidise the work that he's had previously. He's going to get more work done then to subsidise that work. He's going to get more work done to look, try to look more normal again until it looks like he's a melted plastic doll next to a fireplace. Because that's the way these people who are obsessed with surgeries and getting work done, eventually it catches up with them. So, like, they'll look 30 when they're 50, they'll look 30 when they're 60, and then they look 120. <laughs> like, the next day they wake up and it's all... Bleh. They look like they've had multiple strokes in one night. It always comes back to catch them. There's no growing old gracefully for these people. You are gay. Also ich habe bisher ungefähr 4 bis 5000 Euro. I'm not a cheap guy. I'm a very generous guy with my money. Like I'll I'll shout people drinks if I have money. Like if I'm down to my last 10 bucks and I meet my buddy, I'll buy us both a beer for $5 each. It's just kind of like I don't really care about that stuff. It's like, no, don't worry, I'll get paid next week. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Right? So I'm not a cheap person. I'm not a money hoarder. But fucking five thousand euros. So that's that's a what six. That's about four thousand dollars US. No way. No way. I I wouldn't spend four thousand dollars on life saving surgery for myself. 
Mr. Bumper, like, if you just pay us the $4,000, you won't die next week. It's like, ah, I can't, I, I don't know if it's value. I mean, I could get another steak dinner if I don't pay you that. <laughs> you know what I mean? $4,000 for lip injections and cheek injections and fucking eye lifts and, uh I always think of the doctors too. You know, this thing called the Hippocratic Oath. Aren't you supposed to sit the person down at some point and say, you know, don't you think you've had enough? <clears throat> Can't they be like bartenders? Sir, I think you've, I think you've ordered enough plastic surgery for one day. Type, I'm keeping your keys. You can take the bus home. You've got too much painkillers coursing through your system. We can't allow you to drive like this. There should be a duty of care. All right. I want to see if they butcher this guy up. I want to see if he looks any different. Skip ahead here. Because, I, you know, to be, to be brutally honest, I'm not that inspired by this journey that we're going on. Oh, God, Stefan, you look so plastic. That looks shit. This is what his friends say to him. That I cannot agree with. The same happens with my family. Mama, Papa. Mama and Papa. I'm going to get injected in a bit. What do you think about me getting injections again? I, you know what mum's going to say, don't you? You know what mum's going to say already before you fucking heard it. Wherever these people are, we've done a ton of these kinds of clips now on this show. The plastic surgery addicts, right? The people who are obsessed with, like, getting fake work done and shit. They always are surrounded by enablers. They never have that friend... That sits them down and says, what the hell are you doing to yourself? Stop being a fucking idiot, right? Stop wasting money on this. You look fine. Uh, don't be ridiculous. They they discard those people from their life. They discard them from their circle. Because they say, oh, well, you're just a hater. You're just jealous, you know, that kind of shit. And in the cases where, like, there's a parent involved, and it's usually mum, <laughs> Stefan Molyneux, <laughs> in the cases where <clears throat> there's a mum the mum will always be like, well, at first I didn't like it. At first I wasn't a fan, but if it makes him happy, then that's the main thing, right? Monica in the chat, mama loves you. Whatever you decide to do, if it makes you happy, then I'll support you. That's going to be the line. You know, you were a handsome boy already. You were just perfect to me. Oh, mama. Oh, mama. Sure, sure. Don't overdo it. She's, wow. Wow. He's, he really is German. I was raised by a German. That makes sense to me. That's more like it. She could be a little harsher, though. I remember what, like, if you want to, if you've, if you didn't grow up with uh, like a German parent, let me, let me give you a quick download of what it was like. So I came home one day. I think I was like eleven years old. <clears throat> there really is a stereotype when it comes to German mothers and German parents. So I came home like I was like eleven years old. I took some test at school and I got like. I fucking blitz this test, man. Absolutely smashed it. I was so proud of myself. I got like 99 out of 100. C 
like the the biggest score in the class fucking ruined it. Smashed this test. Walk, walked home all happy and shit, full of smiles. <laughs> Walk in the door. Mum, mum, I got 99 out of 100. Oh, yes. And why did you not get 100? <laughs> what was stopping you from getting this other question? What was the question you got wrong? We'll study it now. <laughs> but mum, 99 is really good. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> why did you not get 100 on the test? What did you do wrong? You're very disappointing to me. You know, you were handsome before. I don't know why you're doing this to yourself. Don't overdo it. Today, Stefan is adding to his look with a visit to his favourite clinic for some new fillers. Today I'm having my lips done and perhaps my cheeks. Let's see, I'm staying open-minded. I'll let the doctor advise me. <laughs> The doctor, but what advice are you going to get from the doctor who does these kinds of procedures to otherwise healthy people? The advice that you're going to get from the doctor is going to go something like this. How much money do you have? How much are you willing to spend here? Right? Sir, uh, so doc, what do you think I should do? Well, how much have you got in your checkbook? What's your credit card limit? You know, for 25K, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And I tell you what, if you spend $20,000, this is what I'm willing to do for you right now, sir. If you spend $20,000 in this little establishment here today, I'll throw in an eye lift for fucking nothing. Because you know what? I like the look of you. I like your face. You've got a good face. Let's make it far worse. Let's really butcher that shit up. One hour later, very quick procedure. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> More money just thrown down the fucking drain. More money pissed away. He doesn't look any different. They never do. It's like they look the same, the same, the same, the same, the same until bang, very different. You're like, whoa, what happened there? Oh, all the plastic just set in my face now. <laughs> Made in USA review says he looks mm, gayer. He looks puffy. <laughs> super happy with the result. I got my lips, cheeks, the chin, the jawline injected. See, he was going in for a lip. He got upsold. These plastic surgeons are really no different than used car salesmen. You'll go in, you, you've, you've done your homework and you've decided, you know what, for my budget, for what I'm using it for, for the fuel economy, for the safety, I'm going with a 2008 Toyota Camry. That's the car I want. <clears throat> it's, you know, $4,000 on the lot. That's the one I want right there. I'll get the tinted windows and then I'm fucking out of there. And then you end up driving out of there in a fucking F500. You know what I mean? <laughs> that costs three times as much. Driving home going, what the fuck? How did I get this? Because you got upsold because you're a schmuck. Because you're a schmo. Because you're a mark. I went in for an eye lift and I came out with $10,000 worth of work that I didn't need. I'm, I'm very happy with the results. The skin, the jawline. Henry St. George Tucker Bumper 
politics says it's the George Michael look. Well, maybe he masturbated in a train station toilet on the way home too. I'm a bit closer to my goal to being plastic. I'm so excited to call my mum now on FaceTime. An achievement done in the record books, in the history books forevermore. Well done, young man. Well done on achieving your goals. You are a shining beacon of inspiration to the rest of a jilted generation. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive tonight. And thank you to those who contributed on Streamlabs, of course. Don't forget later on tonight at 10 p.m. I'll be in the chat. Uh, Nightwave Radio with Mersh, dlive.tv slash Nightwave Radio. Don't forget to follow our friends, ladies and gentlemen. Why Censored, uh, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth, UK Neil, Winning TV, JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy, Sunday Night Shit Show, Major Tom. Give them all a follow. Uh, Irrational Times, Friday Night Irrational Times, apparently as getting the two cousins together, Cousin Dan and the, the other one that nobody likes. I forget his name. <clears throat> I've been told. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why nobody likes him, but I've been told that everybody hates the other guy, so I'm going with it. <laughs> Thank you for the diamond, Katie Reed. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, was that? Oh, Katie Reed gave us the diamond, and this is bullshit gave us the diamond. Thanks for the Brendan Schaub, that knob. <laughs> Schlob, that knob. Hey, Papa. Papa, you like these lips? You like these lips? I could suck a dick all day with these lips. Show me that dick again. Show me that dick, Brian. That's a, He's got a hog on him. Look at that hog. So I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m., ladies and gentlemen, with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, if you'd like to tell me about them dick-sucking lips, papa, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Until tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, uh, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.